Dear by the light of the moon, you have one of my very favorite lines of the Vampire Diaries. I don't love men who love other women. I think more of myself than that. Lessons in self-worth from Rosemarie. Sincerely, Bridget. Dear by the light of the moon, thank you for all the fields. Thank you for all the heartbreaks, the deceptions and betrayals. Thank you for all the friendships and happy endings. Oh, and please don't make Tyler suffer so much next time he turns. Sincerely, Christina. Welcome back to Dear Vampire Diaries, where today we have the distinct pleasure of escorting you through this episode of The Vampire Diaries, Season 2, Episode 11, By the Light of the Moon. I'm your host, Bridget, and our guest today is... Christina! I'm back! She's back! We won't be delving into future episodes today, but we will be discussing this episode, By the Light of the Moon, in detail. You've been warned. And speaking of warnings, we have a content note. The Vampire Diaries contains heavy themes. Please check the episode description for trigger warnings and resources. All right, Christina. This is the episode where, according to the HBO Max episode summary... As the full moon nears, Caroline helps Tyler prepare for his transformation. Meanwhile, Damon and Alaric are suspicious when a stranger shows up looking for Mason. Yes. <laughs> Indeed, they are suspicious, and they do some pretty suspicious things, which we will talk about. So, Christina, how familiar are you with Jeopardy? I've seen it okay Not great watch it watch it but like i've seen it great. heard of it so you know the whole thing about like there are categories and it's like 200 400 600 yes. and 800 points well i have made half a game of vampire jeopardy <laughs> i love it so there are two categories you are the only player so i imagine you're also the only winner okay. but um all right uh your two categories are vampire lore and character objectives character objectives for what Let's start with 200. That's that's nice and that's easy and safe. I like the way you're easy. playing this. <laughs> Rose has been doing this for 500 years. Running. Yes, correct. Let's stay with character objective for 400. All right. Character objectives for 400. Stefan's only request of Damon. To keep Elena safe. Correct. Yes. Character objective for 600. All right. Tyler tried not to do this and failed. Break the chains. Ooh, that's very, very, very close. So this is the previously on what the correct answer is uh, kill someone to trigger the curse. Aww. That's okay. You're technically correct. Do you want to go for 800? Let's try it. All right. Oh, you've hit the daily double. (laughs) (laughs) You like that? (laughs) Why is Caroline helping Tyler with his first transformation? Because she doesn't want him to be alone the way she was. Yeah. I love them so much. (laughs) All right. Now you have uh, vampire lore left. Let's go for 400. Nice. Ooh, switching it up. Jump it up. The werewolf part of the curse is sealed with what? Is someone's death? What is the moonstone? What? (laughs) (laughs) This is why we're doing this. (laughs) I'm failing at this. No, you're not. You're winning. You're the only contestant. (laughs) You knocked out an entire category. Are you kidding? You got the daily double. You're fine. You're fine. Do you want to go 200, 600, or 800 for TVD lore? 600. All right. Going big or going home. Breaks the sun and the moon curse. 
The moonstone. Incorrect. What is the sacrifice? The blood of the doppelganger. Oh. So close. Let's go back to 200. <laughs> You're demoting yourself. Yep. <laughs> Failed. All right. A shaman put this on vampires and werewolves to limit their powers. A curse. Correct. Which curse? <laughs> the moonstone blood curse. <laughs> what? <laughs> The sun and the moon curse. Very there good. we go. Well, there's Some blood involved, so it counts. <laughs> yeah. All right. And finally, the oldest vampire in the history of time. Klaus. Dun-dun. That was easier than the others. Congratulations. Yeah, I know. It's, but it's 800 because he's a big baddie. That's true. <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's it for our previously on Vampire Jeopardy and Vampires in Jeopardy. Now let's move I on. like it. Yes. So much danger in this show. We have to have Jeopardy. All right. Well, let's begin with the Elena Elijah storyline in this episode. Yes, please. Um, question. Do you think they're co- they have chemistry? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Right. Not like romantic chemistry but just like yeah you want something you gotta do something yes so starting off in this episode we have elena and bonnie chilling in elena's bedroom and bonnie is saying i agree with stefan on this one bonnie is finally agreeing with stefan and they are against elena and they're like we let us do this thing where the stone is going to become useless and and elena's like but then klaus becomes vengeful and she doesn't want her to do it we know Elena. We know where you stand on this. Yes, um, and Bonnie, understandably, is like, we're not going to let you get used in some, like, creepy sacrifice ritual. Like, obviously. Yeah. Um, and she takes the moonstone and puts it in her purse as Jeremy comes in. He's like, what are you guys arguing about? And Bonnie's like, nothing. We're not arguing about anything. Nothing. <laughs> but did you see the look between Bonnie and Jeremy? Jeremy? Yeah. It's dreamy. This, yep. It is dreamy, but it's also strategic because uh, they are testing Elena. And she takes the moonstone downstairs. And Bonnie interrupts her. And she's like, where are you going? And Elena's like, to see Stefan. And Bonnie's like, you're lying. And Elena's like, no, I'm not. And Bonnie says, yeah, tell your face. I love that line. (laughs) Me too. Um, And Jeremy comes from upstairs and he he empties, he tries to empty Bonnie's bag and he goes, she took the moonstone. And Elena's like, what's going on? And they're like, we tested you. You failed. And Elena's still going to leave anyway. And so she tries to go out the door and boom, what's there? A barrier. The pantomiming game on that one was strong. Strong. Yeah. Like, I can't believe they did that to her. <laughs> really? They literally I... just pulled. They've grounded her. They grounded her. <laughs> Magically. <laughs> Do you think that's not fair? I think it's fair. <laughs> I get why they're doing it, but also I totally understand Elena's side where she's like, um, people are literally dying left and right because somebody's after me and I don't want to. She's like, yeah. she wants to save her friends. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. And it's funny because Jeremy is a little bit too pleased to see Elena to be the one to be grounded because you just know like she was always the perfect child and he yes. was always the one getting grounded. And so he's just on the stairs like, <sighs> like having a good time. The sibling rivalry is strong in this one. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So later, uh, Damon comes in. Elena's like, I can't believe you did this. And she's like, what did Stefan have to say about this? 
And he's like, oh, we had a good laugh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, right. And she's like, did you tell him about Elijah still being alive? And he's like, nope. And he sits down on the couch and he puts his arm around her, like, not subtle at all. No. (laughs) But she doesn't withdraw from it at all. I think she's too pissed to move. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, I can't deal with this right now. Exactly. And Jeremy comes in and he's like, where's Bonnie? And Damon says, Bonnie's on Moonstone duty. I'm on Elena patrol. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, well, then who's keeping track of Tyler? And I'm like, oh, your boyfriend, Tyler, your boyfriend. Do you want to go keep track of Tyler? You can keep track of Tyler any day. Um, But Damon says, vampire Barbie offered. And um, it's not nice. It is misogynistic, but it also kind of makes me laugh. And I hate that it makes me laugh. Like Damon, again, the eternally it's his charm like he knows what he's doing he does and he says this thing too which is i think it's way more offensive than vampire barbie even though that's already like mm. he says i figured why not maybe he'll bite her and then i'll be rid of two of my problems and i'm like caroline is not a problem how dare you sir how dare you and he treated her like shit from the moment he met her and now what she's a vampire she's been very helpful she's awesome yes and he just still undermines her yes i call misogynistic bullshit on this absolutely yeah but elena is like oh it's a full moon tonight and damon says yeah you're too absorbed with all your suicidal tendencies to notice he's oh yeah and then he starts to leave and he goes you should get out enjoy the sun oh wait you you can't can't. (laughs) she throws a pillow at him she should have thrown something harder yeah absolutely she should have thrown it at him when he was shitty about caroline yep in Vampire Barbie's defense. I do love Vampire Barbie because I, I picture her like a little action hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, so first of all, Barbie's fantastic. Fun. Um, <laughs> she has all the skills. Like, literally all of them. Wow. I don't know much so, about Barbie. Did you grow up with Barbies? Yes. Oh. I love Barbies. Barbies is like something that I was like still able to play with because I stopped playing with dolls yes. when I was little because... Were you in love with the fashion aspect of Barbies? I feel yes. like... I made like little clothing for her because I like fabric and we'll just like cut it out and just nice. like hand sew it on her and make her little skirts and bento That's uh, amazing. Shirts. You um, handmade your Barbies outfits? Yeah. You but, are like, an amazing very person. Simple, very, very simple. Like That's cute skirts cool and bento tops. Like we're not talking about like period piece costumes or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, so. n- no Catherine Barbies. No Catherine Barbies. Um, yeah. That's amazing. I had one Barbie and all I did with her was like, I gave her a schedule and was like, now we go over here. Now we go over here. So I love that says Barbie. a lot about my personality. Barbie was fantastic. Dolls are creepy. But yeah, going back to this little moment with like Elena and Damon leaving, like, and Jeremy is like lying down in her lap and she, and he's laughing at Damon. <laughs> like he's just enjoying himself way too much. And Elena just like, it. Dumps him on the ground. I love it. (laughs) That's what you do with your brothers. Yes, exactly. These are the moments I live for in the Vampire Diaries that are like light. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's totally relatable. Yes. Because I have three older siblings and love them, but. Throw them on the floor sometimes. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So many reasons. Speaking of people we'd like to throw on the floor or up against a cave wall, um, Stefan is struggling. He is in the tomb with his little arm over his little face. And Catherine comes in and she's all like, you know what it feels like to desiccate? feels like your veins rub together like sandpaper. It's excruciating. And he says, the pleasure I'll get in watching you suffer is worth the pain. (laughs) 
she she starts to go mm, it's a little stuffy and she starts to get out of her dress and she's trying to seduce him and it's crazy girl got game oh yeah and she knows how to torture him oh yeah and nina dobrev's body on top of all this is like nina why do you do this to us <laughs> my god but when that doesn't work, amazingly, mm-hmm. um, she says, you really think Damon is rushing to get you out of here? He has Elena out there, and that's what he wants. She's so good at mind games. Yes, her tactics. She's... Like, and she barely does anything, but like she knows exactly how to hit all his spots. Yes. And like, she knows what to do. But yeah, she isn't it funny that we admire her for her manipulation? Like, she's yeah. just, I mean, she's just so... Like, this is manipulation within manipulation because the whole scene is her manipulating him in his dreams. Exactly. Which was such a good scene. Yes. Yes. But also, I love how Stefan, like, realizes that. Whereas, like, sometimes we were, like, in the dream and you don't know if you're dreaming or not. Totally. But, like, he realizes that and then, like, jumps out of it. Yeah. He's got, like, a strong subconscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, but it is hot. The hot, hot cave sex that they have is, I mean... Yep. You know, not quite a CW version of sex. Um, But he wakes up and he's like, stay out of my head. And she says, maybe I can do eternity in here after all. It's amazing. (laughs) There's something so good about like a character who is like a like a baddie and then like the heart of gold character. Like that's why we that there's something about them that are like magnets. Yes. And also, you know her, like, at this point, we know her backstory and everything. We know why she's doing what she's doing. Yes. Because it's literally just survival for her. Yes. Yeah. And she also gets to entertain herself. (laughs) So back at the Gilbert house, um, Elena comes downstairs and uh, Jenna has opened the closet under the stairs. And she's like, you'll never guess what I found. I found a young wizard living down here. Just kidding. Um, She says, I've been roped into helping Mrs. Lockwood. And as she closes the door, uh, there's this great sound effect. It's like, and who do we see? Elijah. (laughs) I have to say, as as Christina said, Elijah, she just like stroked her hair and like (laughs) demurely looked down. (laughs) Our boy, Elijah. And um, Elena's like, that's not Mrs. Lockwood. Holy shit. And... (laughs) He pretends like he doesn't know her, and he's like, nice to meet you, Elena. And he, like, puts out his hand to shake, and she, like, very grumpily shakes his hand. But, like, Elijah is, like, he's old mm-hmm. because he's a vampire. Yes. Uh, but also, like, his generation, like, I really, ex- like, I almost expected him uh, to, like, kiss her hand. Totally. Because he's such a gentleman. And, yes. Like, he has that. Old-fashioned. Old-fashioned, but, like, really gentleman mm. and proper etiquette yeah i gotta say his manners turned me on (laughs) manners are hot um but yeah uh jenna's like elijah's in town doing research on mystic falls um and uh he's like thank you for inviting me into your home jenna (sighs) wait elijah still has to be invited right i know he's like okay oh yeah I was just gonna yep. like, does he have a loophole on that one or not? No, nope. nope. he's he may be a special vampire, but he can't work around that, which is but now he can come into Elena's home whenever he wants. And That's Elena true. clocks this and she rushes upstairs. She's like immediately going to go tell Jeremy, I don't know 
Two is better than one. Like, if you have to. That's true. She like pounds on his door, and Elijah is right there, like next to her, like behind the wall, and uh, and he just puts up a single finger, like shh, and Jeremy answers, and he's like, "What?" (laughs) And she's like, "Oh, go help with the boxes," and he's like, "Yeah, okay." He just like walks downstairs. (laughs) I love it, and um. Elijah says, a wise choice. And she's like, what do you want? And he says, it's time we had a chat. And he says, I mean your family, no harm. And um, she's like, why, why, what are you doing? She's Mm -hmm. like, do you want to kidnap me or don't you? (laughs) Because you seem like you want to kidnap me. And he's like, no, no, I've been protecting you because I didn't want you to be taken. And she says, so you're not working for Klaus? And he's like, well, Klaus is both hated and feared. So there's a line of eager vampires willing to take you to him. And my goal is not necessarily to break the curse. So it's some interesting... Elijah has his own agenda. Indeed. He's got manners and he's got his own agenda. That's what we know about Elijah. So he says, uh, Klaus's obsession has made him paranoid. He only trusts those in his inner circle. And she says, like you? And he says, not anymore. Oh boy, I bet there's a story there. Hmm, Wonder, wonder what happened there. Elena is so good. She's so good at standing up for herself. I think she's starting to get a little bit of like the Catherine vibe. Like since that episode that we talked about where now she's got this confidence where she's like, you don't know where he is, do you? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, mm. <laughs> and she's like, so you're using me to draw him out. And he's like, yeah. And in order to do that, I need you to stay put. So make a deal with me. You stay put and I will protect all of your family members. And she's like, how exactly are you going to do that? And he's like, whoa, 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 witches. And she's like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> and she says, no, no, no. I have something else to ask of you. And he's like, oh, we're negotiating now? And he's like I a little obsessed. <laughs> yeah. She's such a badass. But also you can see in his look where he's, he's gaining even more respect for her for doing that, where he's just like, oh, I thought you were going to go along with this, but no, you're making your own rules. You go, girl. Right? I know he like weirdly respects it, even though it's the part of her that like is a little bit Catherine-y. It's almost like she's got... The, the strength of Elijah's morals and Catherine's, like, game strategy. Yes. Like, she's getting both of the... Elena's getting smarter, and I like it. And she's also realizing, like, her worth in this. Mmm. Snaps. Where yes. it's just like, oh, no. I don't, like... So someone wants to kill me and my friends and my family, but they need something. Now I'm going to need something. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. And she's so good. She uses this as the bargaining chip, as we see later, to negotiate Stefan's release, which is, like, amazing. Speaking of Stefan, um, back in the tomb, Stefan says, you know what you can do for me, Catherine? You can apologize for all the things you've done. And she's like, really? What good would that do? Would you even really (laughs) give a shit? She's like, I'm not going to apologize. Like, self-preservation is my thing. As we know, hashtag self-preservation. Um... Catherine Pierce, hashtag Catherine Pierce, hashtag forever. Um, (laughs) And she says, yeah, I've done terrible things, but I love you, even if you don't believe it. And he's just like done with this manipulative shit. He's like, then show me, do something, do something to prove it. But you can see it on her face. You really like, you can see that she really means it, Mm. but that she's also hurt by the fact that he said that he doesn't believe her. Yeah. It's so sad. I don't know if I believe that Catherine loves Stefan. I think she does deep down. Yeah. 
Um, it's interesting. It's definitely it's, like we want someone like her with so much darkness yeah. to. But I think also she has gotten to a point to realize where it's just like this is never gonna happen. But those feelings still don't change. Yeah, you can just accept it, but you cannot change it. Yeah, like maybe like she wants his love. Yeah, but she feels like she's not deserving. Maybe that's what this scene is really about. Which I would argue she's kind of not deserving because she sort of groomed him. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Anyway, she says, and then what? You're still going to hate me. And he says, maybe. Or maybe I'll see there's hope for you after all. Which is who Stefan is. Like, he really does try to see the best in people. And he does try to believe in it, just like Elena does. And Catherine says, you're playing me. And he says, am I? <laughs> I love this. And she says, you need to protect Elena. And in order to do that, you need to find Klaus. And Stefan's like, you know where he is. And Catherine says, no. But I think I could help you find him. And he's like, for a price? And she doesn't mention what her price is. But she says, Isabel, she found me. She's a research expert. I'd start there. She's like, you're welcome. And I'm like, yes, thank you for pointing out a very obvious connection that probably they could have done on their own. But all right, Catherine, I see you. I see you, girl. But I also love her power play because she doesn't say what her price is going to be because maybe she doesn't know it now. Yeah. But when the moment comes, she's going to come and collect. Just like the mafia. But a crash bang boom, something's going on at the entrance of the tomb. I just came up with that on the spot. Are you proud of me? Are you proud of me? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Catherine is like totally scared because who is it? It's our boy Elijah. Look and fly. <sighs> He's dreamy. Yeah, we both just stare off into the distance. Daniel Gillies has this presence. Like... Like, the way he holds himself, the way he walks, like, for the character, like, for him to play as Elijah, it's, like, the amount. I would love to know the amount of prep that went into every single aspect of him developing that character. Yeah, it's true. Like, there's something about playing a vampire. He has a certain stillness, mm -hmm. you know, a certain power. There's, like, no effortful movement. Everything is effortless. Yeah. And, you know, kind of effortless, like, uh, how he just, like, zooms up to Catherine and compels her to stay in the tomb. She, yes. like, she's been, like, edging to get out ever since he was like, the tomb, like, the tomb spell is lifted. You can come out now. And he's yep. like, the lovely Elena drives a hard bargain. bargain. <laughs> I love hearing him call her the lovely Elena. I'm like, yeah, she is lovely. You love her, don't you? Yes, you do. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Um, but he compels Catherine to stay in there and he says to Stefan, you're free to go. Mm -hmm. And Catherine's freaking out and she's like, no, Stefan, you're not just going to let him do that, are you? And it's like, what's Stefan going to do about it? And he's like, bye, Catherine. Um. Oh, so sad. <laughs> I do feel sad for her because now she's all alone again. I know. And she, now she's just waiting for Klaus to come and get her. And yeah. now he can come and get her anytime he wants because there's no spell to keep him inside. No, but also like. It was so scary to see how scared she was of Elijah. Yeah. Seeing a powerful character be scared is really freaky. Yeah. It just shows you, like, the power that they have and, like, the history that they have. Yes. Um, and he even says, thank you for having the good sense to be frightened. I love that line. Yeah, that I know. so good. We both immediately, <laughs> we watched this episode together and we both immediately wrote that line down. Like, we were yes. like, pause. Write that line down. <laughs> so good. Thank you for having the good sense to be frightened. There are a lot of good lines in this episode. Mm. Yes, there are. 
And this is a great scene that we have next where Elena and Stefan are reunited. And I love that we both throw our arms into the air, our Stelena-loving arms up in the air. Um, He appears in the glass, like, behind her. I love that shot. So good. And it's different because, like, they use the same shot for Elijah finding Elena, like, in the Mm -hmm. mirror spell or in the, like, location spell, I think, in the last episode or so. But, um... But it's the so good. cinematography of it, it's just like the way they blocked it and everything. It was fantastic. Yeah. It's kind of just like, oh, you see him before he actually appears. Yes. And the reflection of it. and It's perfect. Filming reflections is so fucking hard. It is. And it's, it's those like, little details that make it so good. You have to set up the camera at the perfect angle where you see the reflection, but and you don't see light. the reflection of the lighting and the yes. camera and uh, the yeah. DP and everything. And the focus it's, has to pull because it has to pull from like her exactly. face to his face to her face again. Mm-hmm. And then, like, depending on, like, how much space they have in the room, he has to literally, like, probably, like, rock back and forth on his two legs. Right, to look like like he's walking in. (laughs) Like, exactly. I love what nerds we are for the minutia of, like, how that happens, like, how it gets filmed. But there's so much effort that goes into it. But that's what I love being on set. Yes, me too. It's like, how much goes into it and, like the amount of work yes. that you put in and then you see it on moments. screen for like literally three to five seconds. Yeah, but it's perfect because it like lives in our heads in like mm-hmm. a better way and it heightens the romance of them like coming back together because she's almost like, is it yes. real? And then they embrace and it's so beautiful. Yep. And they immediately start like smooching like, ooh, absence <laughs> makes the heart grow fonder. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and they lie down on her bed and the rest is history. Yum, yum. Uh, well, let's go to not as fun of a storyline, Tyler's turning storyline. That was rough to watch. Huge props, though, to Michael Trevino. Yes. This must have been hard to shoot. I can't imagine a more emotionally exhausting thing than his first transformation, right? To have to, like, scream and crawl and cry Mm -hmm. And, like, having to, having to, like, I'll bet he had a bunch of, like, bruises and stuff from, like... Absolutely. Because he couldn't even have, um, like, knee pads. Because it's, like, he had shorts on, right? It's, like, you can't even... He didn't have any, like, real protection. Unless they CGI'd it. Maybe. There is not much. But then And it's, like, all him, like, I don't think it's a stunt double at all. No. Like, that must have been so so. hard to film. Ooh, and it's long. Like, every time we cut back to him, he's just still suffering. It's, like, the whole episode pretty much is rough. But also, like, the way he moves his arms. Mm. Yeah. But the CGI of, like, the bones coming out and reshaping, that looks so good, but also really, really gruesome. And I'm, like... Again, I want to be in the editing yes. room on that one because so much. that looks really good. And I would, would yeah. love to know how they did that. Huge props to everyone involved. Just incredible. Well, anyway, before we get smack dab in the middle of it, the way that this begins is Jenna and Alaric are at the grill. Um, and she's explaining about this uh, small town writer who is researching, you know, she's like, yeah, that's what I'm up to this episode. (laughs) Uh, She's like, Karen Lockwood played the uh, dead husband card, so I'm helping this writer with the town's history. Um, And so she leaves, and Alaric is just, like, there at the grill. Meanwhile, Caroline is at a table, and Tyler comes over, and he lets her know that Mason never made it back from Florida. And Caroline tries to look surprised at this. 
Um, but Caroline and Alaric exchange glances like, oh shit, we gotta tell Damon that, like, people have now started to notice that Mason is missing. Yep. So, out in the woods, Caroline and Tyler arrive together for a nice camping trip. I'm just kidding. Caroline's <laughs> going to help him go through the worst thing in, in the entire world. Um, and they're talking about Mason, and, and she's, like, trying to calm him down. This whole episode is Caroline trying to comfort Tyler. Yeah. And just also, her huge heart. Yes. And then also, like, the whole meta thing of, like, Tyler watching Mason transform. Yes. And, like, literally seeing his future yeah. that is about to happen in a few yeah. hours. And yeah. kind of imagining himself going through that. But, yeah. also, but it's also, like, how can you even imagine yourself? You've never been through anything like that yeah. before. You know, actually, I wanted to ask you about this. Like, I wonder if you think this is going to be the real transformation of Tyler as a character is because finally he understands what it's like to be in pain and to not have any control over his body. Because in the very, very first episode, um, he sexually assaulted Vicky. And it's just like, and this whole time he's been kind of shitty towards women. He's been shitty towards Caroline. He's been shitty towards Amy Bradley, like pretty much everyone. Mm -hmm. I wonder if this is maybe his first experience other than, you know, feeling powerless at the hands of his dad, who was abusive. Yeah. But, like, for him in his, like, strong, strong adult body of feeling powerless again and of feeling that, like, sense of, like, just utter pain. And I wonder if it brings new empathy to him. Definitely. Yeah. But also his now developing friendship with Caroline. Yeah. And, like, someone caring for him the way he has probably not received that from Ooh, someone else. That's so true. Like, it does oh, not excuse his history, but now right. that, like, someone actually wants to help him and is there for him, Yeah, I do think it's going to develop. They go down into the cave, and he's setting up the chains, and she's like, tell me you brought the instruction manual, and he's like, tell me you brought the wolfsbane. And she takes it out, and he tries touching it, and it's, like, exactly what happens when vampires touch for vein. It's like, like, I'm hot, you know? Uh, it burns him. Uh, and he's like, great, okay, I'm gonna mix this into my water bottle. And she's really hesitant. She's like, are you sure you want to do that? And he's like, yeah, it's going to weaken me, and it's going to make it so I can't really break out. And he starts talking about how the guy at the hardware store gave him the, like, heavy-duty chains. And I'm like... What does the guy at the hardware store think you're doing, 17-year-old boy? You know what I mean? Tell a truck. Like, like, did he just get in there and he was like, yeah, um, did my dad, uh, the mayor, ever stop in here and uh, buy uh, anything? Can you just give me everything he used to get or whatever? Like, he's got, like, the Lockwood special at the fucking hardware store. Oh, you're that guy? Yeah, we got yeah. stuff ready for you in the back. We've got your starter werewolf pack here, <laughs> and uh, we've got a, a discount on two. We got two for one if you... Oh, no, just you? Oh, sad day, little buddy. Um, so, <laughs> so Tyler starts to strip off his shirt, which is great for us, um, <laughs> as I fanned myself. But um, uh, Caroline freaks out a little bit, and she's like, you're not going to get naked, are you? And I'm like, ooh, the lady doth protest too much, methinks. Um, and he's like, what should I wear? It's not like the Hulk where I get to keep my pants. That's true. He has a point. But I love how prepared he is. Yeah. It's the insanity of it that yeah. you cannot even imagine. Just like, 
tell. If I turn and get loose, I'm about to kill some people, so yes. I need to do everything I can and take all the precautions. Yeah. And I still have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Just because I see uh, someone going through it does not mean it's going to be the same way for Totally. Him. And the only reason why he knows what's going to happen is because Caroline found that, that journal and the video for yeah. him. So it's like, what is Damon's problem? I'm sorry to come back to this, but like, what is his problem with Caroline? She's the reason that he's not going to get loose and like kill anyone, specifically any vampires. It's like, we should all be much yep. more grateful to Caroline. Yes. She's the real MVP. Anyway. She asks him, how long will you actually be a wolf? And he's like, a few hours. And uh, he tries to walk to sit next to her and he gets caught by the chain. Oh, just like a hard moment to watch as he's like, he really goes through this transformation from like man to animal. And he tries drinking the wolf's bane and is just terrible. So hard to watch. Oh, God. And she's sitting there watching him like so helpless and she goes over and she, for most of this episode, she's, like, holding him. Yeah. Like, in pain. And it reminded me of images of the Pieta, which is, like, uh, Mary Magdalene holding Jesus' dead body. It's just, like, this beautiful sculpture, uh, sculpture of a person holding someone in pain. Okay. And that's exactly what I thought here, where she's so powerless over it, but, yeah. like... This is, you know, his cross to bear, so to speak. Sorry, all the weird symbolism of that. Yeah. But, like, it's very powerful imagery for a reason. But you even, know? All, like, on her face, like, her facial expression is just, like, she literally does not know what to do except for, like, being there for him. Yeah. And considering the fact that she's a super mighty, powerful vampire. Yeah. And feels so helpless in that moment. Yeah. It's such a paradox yeah beautifully said we all know that we've all had like yes like i remember like being sick as a child and my mom was so freaking helpless mm. like she felt everything that i was going through and like that's what i'm imagining yes. like caroline like feeling yeah responsible but mm. like not knowing what to do and feeling so helpless yes and... that empathy is so huge and even beyond like i love that image of like yeah like a little kid who just can't help but be sick that's like what tyler is right yeah. now like he has no power over this and it even beyond like a physical pain like seeing people in your life go through depression or like mm -hmm. mental health stuff and to just be able to sit in there with them you know yeah. it's just like so powerful and she stays as long as she can like as she does not she leave him even though he's like protesting and yes. is, like, to leave and exactly it's the time that she starts to leave is when is, it's like yeah she sees his eyes change he has his teeth he starts to snap at her and she gets like inches from death before she closes the door and holds the chains. Yeah. And it's there's this great acting moment from Candace Akala as well, where she's just like crying as he's like he's like gone full transformation, like he's snapping at her and like and she's just like, I'm sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry. And she closes the door on him and she like she just slides down the door outside the cave and just like cries. And cause she can hear him in pain in there. Yeah. Ooh, I'm getting chills. That was hard to watch. Yeah. But it gets scary because he starts to, like, break through the door. Um, and all she can really do is put, like, a bolt over the door. Which is, like, magically holds in that yeah. moment. I'm like, how is yeah. that even possible? I know. I almost but... like to think that, like, 
the Wolfsbane did help and that yes. maybe something in Tyler when she left, like maybe he was trying to get to her for like weird comfort. Yeah. And like like in his wolf form even. And then when she went away, maybe he just like went back into the cave instead but of trying also to break free. his humanity and like Yeah. I think as he's turning, he's not like immediately turning into uh, a werewolf and like but like his human side is still there and he's like no i have to protect her and i have to like yeah. control myself as much as i can to not get fully loose and yeah, kill someone that's true i don't think he even knows about the werewolf bite being fatal he just knows that he could be dangerous yeah she vamps away but then she comes back a couple hours later and she walks through the mystic falls woods there's fog the sound of crows this is just a nice homage to season one and she approaches the cave, and there's this great song that kicks in, yes. which is by Howie Day. Um, what's it called? Endless Night or something? Longest Night. Longest Night. And she calls out for Tyler, like, all, like, tentative. And he's like, Caroline. And she's like, Tyler! And she immediately, like, rips through the door and the mm-hmm. bolts and all that stuff. And she comes in, and she just, like covers him with her body and she's like stroking his hair she's like it's okay you did good you didn't escape you didn't hurt anybody you're okay i love how she comforts him like she's been there for him the whole time i'm like hugging myself right now all the fields (laughs) and he looks up at her and even though he's letting her hold him he says i'm not okay and that's where we leave them this episode But that's the thing, like, the first part or the first thing of, like, figuring out a solution to your problem is admitting that you have a problem. Mm, yes, yeah. Because just playing it off, like, is not going to work. That's right, yeah. And she's really helped him get all the resources he needs. Yeah. And she in, her, in and of herself has been a huge resource of support for him. And mm, I'm just... Especially emotionally. Well, speaking of resources, um, let's go to Bonnie and the Moonstone Saga. Uh, Boy, yeah. Um, Probably my least favorite storyline of this episode. So it starts off at the top of the episode in the the tomb where Damon has come to visit Stefan. And he tells him that he locked Elena in the house. And he's like, you locked her in the house? And Damon says, she's on a martyr tear that rivals your greatest hits. So yes, that is what I did. (laughs) And he tries to give Stefan some blood. And he's like, if you give it to me, I'm just going to have to share with her. Like Catherine is over in the corner with her like arms crossed, like leaning against the cave wall. She's like, "Mm hmm. Sharing your lunch is the proper way. Sharing is caring, Stefan. Haven't you learned any manners from Elijah? 100%. (laughs) But uh, Stefan says, don't worry about getting me out. Just make sure Elaine is safe. And Catherine rules her eyes, and it's great. Essentially, in this scene, what's laid out is that Damon is going to try to focus on um, breaking the Moonstone curse. But of course, like, what's he going to do about it? He's just going to give it to Bonnie, and Bonnie's going to go off. And, well, what happens to Bonnie in this episode? Well, she goes to see Luca, who she channeled without his consent, and she brings his dog tags back to him, and he snatches them out of her hand, and she's like, I'm, I'm sorry. And he's like, why are you sorry? Because you channeled me without my permission or because you almost killed me. And she's like, I'm sorry. It was just for something really important and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I forgive you a little too quickly, if you ask me. And he, yes. doesn't, be- he doesn't really believe it, does he? 
Makes sense. I think he's understandably upset. But yeah, she comes inside. Yeah, kills you. You can totally be upset. <laughs> yeah, you have our permission to be upset. You have absolute permission. <laughs> so she comes inside his apartment and she sees all these grimoires everywhere. And she's like, are all of these, like, belonging to your family? And he says, well, they all belong to witches. And my dad believes that witches are all family. Um, there's, like, a code of loyalty that we have to help each other. I love that. Yeah. Because, like, again, she feels so alone. Yes. And now she, like, finally has, like, a connection to her past a little bit. And, like, That's someone true. who's, like, guiding her a little bit. And I know. I just wish that there like, were... glimpses into it. And... Yeah. I wish it wasn't nefarious, though. I know. Mm. Me too. Yeah. She says, so I guess that's why you've been so nice to me. And he says, that's one reason. Flirt. Flirting. He is a total flirt. Flirt alert. He's gorgeous. He is gorgeous. They're all gorgeous. Cat Graham is so gorgeous. Anyway, um, and he's like, so what can I help you with? And she's like, I'm looking to break the bind between a talisman and its spell. And he says, well, all spells are very specific and unique, but we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll put our heads together and figure it out. Bunny. Bunny Bennett. Um, and they do. They have a nice little romantic date on a rooftop where they light a bunch of candles. Hey, um, to all the people out there looking to get your crush to go on a date with you. <laughs> Just pretend to be like, oh, I can help you with some spells. And then on a full moon, bring a bunch of, like, white candles up to the rooftop and light them all on fire. Can't we just appreciate the the production department of it? Yes, we can. Because, like, it is absolutely gorgeous scene. Like, the production set design of it. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Yep. It's Uh, just, like, the lighting and everything coming together it's just absolutely beautiful it is yeah especially this moment where they like float the moonstone into the air mm-hmm. and then like and then the fireworks yeah and it reminds me a lot of in season one when the crystal um they they destroyed the crystal getting into the tomb mm-hmm. um or i think emily destroyed it and it's that same like fire from the sky and it's beautiful and there's this just like gorgeous moment where they're like and at last i see the light (laughs) like it's beautiful they have a little (laughs) moment um but sadly we find out later um when luca goes back to his apartment his dad is there reading like silently under one light all of the grim surrounded by the grimoires of many witches and he says you were successful and luca is all disgruntled and he says of course i was she fell for the whole show didn't suspect a thing but he's not pleased about it you see the betrayal in his facial expression it's just yes. like he was not happy having to do that he feels shitty having to do that to, uh, to bonnie and he feels shitty about the fact that his dad made him do that yes it's like that betrayal of like he betrayed her but he also feels betrayed by his father yes for having uh put him through that yep it's he did such a good job with that absolutely scene. yeah and and we want to like luca because he is like the one connection that bonnie has now yes. to her magic and to someone being able to help her and make her feel like she has a circle of people that support her because she's never i mean since her grams she hasn't really had that yeah <sighs> he is like whatever dad i'm going to sleep and uh, he says wait there's one more thing elijah needs us to do before we lose the full moon and it is implied that they lift the tomb spell and good for them good for stefan 
at least one good thing from um, his dad. <laughs> yeah, for real. All right, so we go to the fourth and final timeline of uh, this story, this particular episode. Jules, she's new in town. So at the Lockwood Mansion, uh, Tyler is leaving a voicemail for Mason, and we see uh, it's playing over, oh, kids, voicemail. It's kind of like um, like Siri, but it's like a person that you know. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Are we that old already? I don't know. I, I just explain it for the kids just in case. Just in case they're like, what's that voicemail? Why is the voice coming from the box? It's not Alexa. Um, anyway... <laughs> Um, so Jules hears it. Uh, I guess she's just, like, getting ready at Mason's place. Maybe they're roommates, but, like, she doesn't say that she's his girlfriend. So I'm like, what? I don't know. I feel like that's the vibe that you get immediately. Like, that's just, like, what I thought. Yeah, that she's his girlfriend, right? Yeah, they're living together. Yeah. But then she doesn't, she's not like, Mason's my boyfriend. And I've been wondering. (laughs) Do you tell strangers that someone's your boyfriend if you don't know what their agenda is? I guess not. I don't know. I don't know. I never have to think that way because I don't live in Mystic Falls. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) But anyway, Jules overhears this. And so she, um, ding dong, shows up at the Lockwood residence. And I immediately don't like her. I don't know why. Something kind of insincere. It's like the new character being brought in and you're already attached to all the other characters. Mm, And you're like, what do you want? What do you want with my... You're getting that feeling of like... Someone's gonna disturb everything. <laughs> yeah, it does feel that way, doesn't it? Um, so she informs Karen and and Tyler that Mason uh, hasn't been in Florida for a while, and they put together that he is a missing. Later on, Alaric does call Damon on the phone about like uh, that Mason Lockwood is now officially a missing person, and um, Karen says to Jules, she's like, "Oh, I didn't get to say goodbye to Tyler," and she says. Oh, he is at the grill with some of his friends. So where does Jules go? Well, first she goes to her car and she makes a mysterious phone call. And she says, you're right about there being another werewolf. It's his nephew, Tyler. So Mason was hiding the fact that Tyler was a werewolf or had the gene. But that's what an uncle does. Good job, friend. (laughs) Yeah, I loved Mason. He's a decent guy. He did not deserve what happened to him. Anyway, at the grill, speaking of things that don't deserve to happen to people, as much as I'm suspicious of Jules, I don't think that she deserves to have something put in her drink against her consent. Never. Mm-mm. That was so disturbing. And yeah, like, right? And it just goes again, like, it just gives you, like, a really, really bad vibe. I remember I was allowed to start going out at the age of 14, and I remember my mom telling me to always watch my drink. Yep. If I ever lost sight of my drink, even just for a few seconds, to never touch it again, to just go buy a new one. Wow, that's good advice. My mom was just like, nope, don't. It's rough because I feel like Alaric and Damon are these characters that we've grown to really love. And like, they're sort of like Lenny and Squiggy. Like, we're like, oh, I love them together. And like, and and they're working together here. But 
working together against, you know, this woman who's new to town and they're putting something in her drink, you know, and obviously they're not roofing her, but it's actually, it's funny because Damon does compare it to roofing in season one. He's like, you can't roofie me or whatever. And it's like, it will weaken her and, mm-hmm. it, you know, and that's not good. Um, and also you never know how someone's going to react to it. Yes. Like, it might roofie one person, but, like, what if someone has, like, a really bad reaction to it? Yeah, and dies. But I guess if you're going to roofie someone, you probably don't care if they live or die. Anyway, um, so it's just hard to see these characters that we're supposed to like doing this to a woman that we're supposed to be suspicious of. It was, yes. It made me have feel conflicted feelings. Definitely. Blech. Um... He tries to, like, they, they do this show, though, where, like, Alaric is, like, the town drunk, and he's like, can I have a scotch? And whatever this beautiful woman was drinking. It is kind of funny. Like, it's funny to see yeah. Damon, especially, as always, I love seeing him play nice Damon. Like, nice little Damon. He's like, Mason's missing? Like, missing, missing? Like, just, like I love how sarcastic he is about yes. it. <laughs> he's so fake sincere, and it is funny. That's what's tough, is that he's always got me laughing, but it's also very insidious um, and really freaky uh, that they put that in her drink. But he keeps trying to get her to drink it, and he's, like, pretending to hit on her. And she's like, no, no, I'm I'm not here staying long. I'm looking for my friend. And she says, how do you know Mason? And he's like, oh, you know, all friends of friends. And... That's the easy way out. Mm-hmm. I, I just hate this. What is Damon hoping is going to happen? Like, she's going to drink it and be like, and he's going to be like, aha, you're a wolf. <laughs> like, they already suspected, so. Yeah, it's just like, it's a full moon, you idiot. As Well, as we see later, you idiot. Anyway, Damon talking Mason up is just like the most disgusting thing ever where he's like, yeah, he really stuck around and helped his family, helped his nephew, Tyler, through all that grief. You haven't touched your drink. And she's like, I'm not much of a drinker. I should really get going. And it's funny because we find out that Jules has been playing them as well because she's like, you idiot. I've smelled you already. Yeah. And your stupid wolf's bane. And she's been sitting there trying to get information about Mason. And he's like, well, you're not going to find Mason. And she's like, and why is that? And I'm like, really? You haven't put it together yet, Jules? You haven't, why are you pushing him? Um, but uh, she says, tonight's not the night to fuck with me, essentially. And she says, you've been marked. I like that. Ooh. She's a badass. It's funny because it reminds me of when Mayor Lockwood said to Rick in season one, you've been marked. Ooh. And it brings back to that, which is funny because, like, maybe maybe the mayor wasn't, like, an actual werewolf. I have no idea if, if he had triggered the gene or not. Okay. But it's interesting that he was like, you've been marked. And nothing ever happened to Alaric, but well, we'll see if something happens to Damon. So, outside the grill, Alaric is like, what the hell kind of thing? What, what did you just do? And Damon is like... I don't know. She's stupid, isn't she? What kind of wolf throwdown crap was that? You've been marked. And Alaric is like, this is serious. One bite and you're dead. You know, just go home. Lock your doors. Because you know how werewolves can't get through locked doors. Everyone knows that. Somehow a locked door is like a magical safety shield. (laughs) It's like they're not vampires, you idiots. Anyway... (laughs) They're not zombies, you know what I mean? It's not like they can't get through. I don't know. Anyway... I, I remember when we were watching this together, I was like, I wouldn't go home after that. It's so no. easy. This is a small town. You could just be like, where does Damon Salvatore live? <laughs> that and way. Everyone has beef with Damon Salvatore. So, 
You just have just to find the right enemy. Literally leave town. Oh my god. He doesn't leave town. He goes home and locks his door and walks through his empty Salvatore boarding house and he finds Rose. And she says, I wanted to apologize. You know, I didn't know that Elena was on some kamikaze mission. I wasn't thinking straight and I tried to call you. I tried to make it right. And he's like, no, 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 no. You just have nowhere else to go. And he says, there's nothing here for you, Rose. And as he's about to turn her away, there's this crash. And he grabs a sword from the wall. Nice. Really nice. Dad. It's just a perfect excuse to have sword decor <laughs> in your house. We should get some swords. And we just should definitely put get them some up swords. everywhere. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, please. Oh, anyway, um, I had to watch this a couple times, but I think that Rose jumps in front of Damon. She like kind of pushes him, and, and she steps forward to yeah. take the brunt of the attack from the werewolf, and it bites her, and it leaves. But immediately, she heals, and she's in tears. Uh, oh, my God. And she's like, I thought a werewolf bite was fatal. And he's holding her, and it's healing. He's like, it's healing. You're going to be okay. And just like it's hard to see a strong character really scared, it's hard to see one, like, cr- cry like that and be mm-hmm. reduced to, like, oh, my God, I thought it was over. Yeah. But Rose also has those moments where it's just, like, when she breaks down, oh, it's, like, I cry with life her. or death. Yes. 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 So later on, Rose is in her slinky, nice magenta robe and mm-hmm, back at home with Damon Salvatore. And uh, he says, I talked to Caroline. Tyler's all locked up. So it was Jules. And he says, that's my fault. I'm really sorry. You know, I made her mad. Um, There's a lot of apologizing in this episode. Yeah. And from Damon in general, he's always like, I made her mad. I did a stupid thing. I'm like, yeah, can you... Count to ten next time. I don't know. Something. (laughs) Calm your feelings. Listen to a nice, soothing song. Um, But he apologizes to her and he says, well, all's well that ends well. And she's like, yeah, it seems like I've healed. He says, Rose, for what it's worth, I'm happy that the legend was fake. And he sort of like caresses her thigh. And she says, you know, I'm going to stay and help you. I'm going to help you save Elena, protect Elena, all things Elena. (laughs) And he says, why? And she says, because I like you. I believe in friendship and I have a vacancy in that department. And you need all the friends you can get. That's so true. Yeah. And he's like, just friends. And she's like, just friends. And then he like grabs her and they like start kissing. And he's like, you sure you can do that? And she says the best line ever. I don't love men that love other women. I think more of myself than that. I love that so much. And then she says, P.S. Doesn't mean I can't be your special friend. (laughs) I love their relationship. It's just like the power dynamic between them. It's perfect. It's fantastic. Yeah. Because she's truly his equal. Yes. And he's finally realizing and like, I feel like for the first time in his existence, in yeah. existence he's just like, oh, there is someone who can like, really like smack me down yeah. if I do something really stupid Absolutely. and not take it. Yeah. So. He starts smooching on her and it's so nice until he grabs her shoulder and it hurts and she winces and he takes off her robe and it reveals this like, almost like thorns and blood like boiling under the surface i just wrote rose oh no's 
And that's the episode. Oh, MFG! <laughs> Christina, who are you taking? And who are you staking from this episode? Um, Elena. Because she's a freaking badass and just negotiating with Elijah. Yes. Stake him. Damon and Alaric. What yeah. they did uh, with uh, with uh, Jules is not okay. Like, that was Amen. such a creepy thing. And I know why they're doing it and yeah. stuff like that, but it's just like, And no. they've had it it's done like, to them, but like, no. It's, no. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We don't do that. Well, similarly, I am taking Rose for apologizing and also knowing her boundaries and her worth. Love that. I am staking Damon's plan and Alaric for going along with it, you stupid, stupid boys. Yes. I, I hate it. What is the word of the day? I'm so glad you asked. The word of the day is defile. Defile means to make something dirty. It can also mean to take away or ruin the purity, honor, or goodness of someone or something important. And it's a verb. Okay. All right. What's your sentence? I don't like the way that Luca's dad is defiling his friendship or the friendship between Luca and Bonnie. Wow. It's like that as much as I want uh, Bonnie and Jeremy to end up together, I just Mm. love the friendship between them. And the way he played it, like once he comes back home and his dad is asking him, uh, did you do it? Were you successful? And like the pain in his face Mm. and like the emotions that he's going through. It's just... That was so sad. That is such a good sentence. I love that you were like, I don't have any ideas. And then it's amazing. My brain went literally just like panic mode. (laughs) And then it works. (laughs) Defile. Must use defile in a sentence. This is my sentence. Damon keeps defiling my image of him and any progress he makes as a character with actions like what he does to Jules in this episode. It's a run-on sentence and it's not quite used correctly, but that's what I'm going with. But I get it. Thank he you. does that. Yeah. He just like keeps takes away all the goodness like... of anything that he does. Yeah. It's like one step forward, two steps back with oh, this guy, this fucking guy. Well, Christina, that's the episode. <gasps> that's all for By the Light of the Moon. I have been your host, Bridget. And I'm Christina. Thank you for joining us, and tune in next time to find out if the guy at the hardware store is offering a Lockwood special on carabiners and heavy-duty chains. Tune in next time to see what kind of other badass deals Elena makes in the future. Dear Diary, I've been dead before. I got over it. Dear Diary, maybe I can do eternity in here after all. Dear Diary, you know, you should get out. Enjoy the sun. Oh, wait. You can't. Dear Diary, Tonight is not the night to pick a fight with me.